It is time to get ready for another interdivisional game. Chiefs versus Chargers coming at you. What's it going to look like? Who's getting after Herbert? What are the wide receivers going to do? And hey, there's a new guy in town that's about to make his debut today with Matt Derrick from ChiefsDigest.com. Welcome to Locked On Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Back, friends and neighbors. Hope you guys are doing well. It's a midweek show with Matt Derrick from ChiefsDigest.com, our man on the ground in the locker room and around everywhere. Get all of his information at ChiefsDigest.com. And that's where we're going to start our conversation as we get to today here on the Locked On Podcast Network. That's your team every day, everywhere. Starting here on YouTube, we're live right now. So appreciate you guys tuning in. You can like and sub and hit the bell notification so you know when more shows go out. If you join YouTube right now, you can also find us on every audio platform known to man, specifically Spotify and Apple generally lurk pretty well. So go get subbed over there as well. Remember, we're here five days a week for you. You ever dayers know that you locos. We know that you guys are into it, but we'd like to invite everyone else as well to join us on our text line at 816-357-8781 and get the latest information. We're going to go through a number of topics. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, NFL33.com, as well as rgrfootball.com, where you can find content not just on the Chiefs, but NFL33 is going to cover a number of things, including draft pass rushers that I'm starting now. A lot of information out there, so go get an early look, but we have to get started. Who's going to get after Justin Herbert? What is this offense going to do to make sure that it isn't just a 19-point performance again? And Matt, we're going to start right off the top with your opinion. Who is going to lead the wide receivers on this roster in the wake of the Justin Watson injury? Yeah, I mean, it's a really good question because who has been the leader of this group so far this season? Uh, To me, there hasn't been one. I mean, uh, Justin Watson has kind of been that, that, that leader. Now, who is the guy that you're going to go to? Um, now I do say this, that even after six games, which is a fairly decent sample size, there's still some things skewing the numbers a little bit. I mean, you know, Marquez Valdez Scantling numbers are not good. I mean, they're pretty anemic, especially with the number of routes that he's run and the snaps that he's getting, but factor in a 50 yard touchdown that he should have had that was taken back by a kind of a weak penalty. And his numbers would look a little bit different. And he's also drawn a couple of penalties that helped him move the ball in some key times. So that affects things a little bit there. Um, I mean, so far, Skymore has completely underwhelmed. I mean, especially my expectations, because I thought that this was going to be a step forward year for him. I think he really showed that during training camp, that the potential was there, but it hasn't developed. But the guy that we're probably talking the most about is Rasheed Rice, and that's because he's deserved it. Um, We're seeing more consistent performances from him. Last week against the Broncos, we saw him performing against zone better, which if the Chiefs are going to continue to see a lot of zone, that's what they need is another zone beater other than Travis Kelsey. And if Rasheed Rice can be that in whatever form it is, whether it's just with quick throws and short routes, I mean – get the ball to him in space and let him be the running back that, that, uh, you know, Brett Veach says that he runs like, you know, when he gets the ball in his hands. Um, I mean, that's the guy that I think there's the most upside for at this point. I mean, everybody else, we know who they are. Have they been performing to whom they are at this point? No, they haven't been. But at this point, I mean, the guy who's looked the best is Rasheed Rice. So I, I think that's the, the one that needs the, needs more reps and needs more time and needs more opportunities. I echo your sentiment uh, completely, and, and I want to pull up here uh, the PFF stats so you guys can see them because they, they are significant in this particular point. 
in that <clears throat> it's not just in lieu of Travis Kelsey. Let me see if I can zoom in on that, make it a little bit more legible. When you look at yards per route run, Rasheed Rice is actually tops in this offense, including Travis Kelsey this year. And so doubling down on that aspect, I think makes a lot of sense. I think the national media started to glom onto that, and we've been talking about it for a few weeks, but there is a gap. And I think when you take a look uh, and what Justin Watson has been able to do, there are some aspects of his game that MVS needs to step up into, particularly the, the field stretching aspects of that game. Um, as I was looking up some of these stats earlier, it was uh, I just want to point out for the, the fun part. Yes, Donovan Smith is on this list, folks, because technically he was targeted at one point. So I just want to make that uh, stand out there. But <clears throat> bottom line, it has to be a committee, in my opinion. Yes, I think the focus should be on Rice. But as you mentioned, Sky Moore, pedestrian to this point. I don't necessarily believe that that is on Sky, though, but I think he's the next guy that they have to target a bit more to try and incorporate into the game plan more. A lot of mouths to feed, but I would go him over Kadarius. Tony, how do you see it? Yeah, I mean, Kadarius is a really good question because we still have just not seen Kadarius Tony break out of what, and I don't mean this as the pejorative that it's going to sound, but out of gadget mode. I mean, mm -hmm. that's how he has kind of been used. And there was an expectation that he can be more than that, that he can be more of a downfield receiver and get more involved in the offense. And it doesn't doesn't happen to be, you know, on jet sweeps or orbits or anything of this nature that you, you know could ha get him more traditionally involved in the offense. So, and to this point, we just haven't really seen that yet. And how much of that is on the play calling and, you know, kind of maybe putting pumping the brakes on getting him involved more because of the injuries and bringing him back slowly could all be a part of that. Um, but I also think that's a little bit of, you know, what's been hamstring in sky more too. I mean, I think that they've been kind of putting him and pitching him, holding him into that role too. And his, Issues, I think, comes back to the same thing. That's why Rasheed Rice is thriving and why Sky is maybe not as much right now. So I think at this point of his career, Sky is much more effective at man coverage. And until the Chiefs, you know, can get them into, I think, some better matchups, until he can figure out to beat some zone, that's going to continue to be a problem. So the guys, and, and if, if teams are going to continue to do this to the Chiefs, and, you know, and they're going to try and take away the deep balls, they're going to try and force them to throw the ball underneath, it's going to go to the guys who are excelling in that. And right now it's Kelsey, it's Rice, it's been Justin Watson. If somebody else can thrive in those scenarios, they're going to get opportunities because there are opportunities to be had, Ryan. Yeah, there definitely are. <laughs> and that's the thing is that that's an old axiom. If they're not stopping it, keep doing it until they do. That is a solid game plan from, you know, 1962 until tomorrow. It will continue to work. We're going to double down on that. You have to get after the opposing quarterback. That's coming up later in the show. But there's also a balance aspect to this offense that I think is lacking right now, and I do want to talk about that. So we have a very special deal for you that I want to tell you about, and we will talk balance right after this. Every week, our partners over at eBay Motors team up with our Vinny Iyer, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Football Show, to bring you some of the best fantasy picks week in, week out, all season long. And they're prepping for your scouting, your waiver wire actions, and everything you need to get back on the winning streak. Let's get there right now with the guaranteed fit for your roster. Let's see who Vinny has picked out for this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. And it starts with none other than Drake London down in Atlanta, and he's starting to really show why he was that first wide receiver taken. He's gotten into his groove with Desmond Ritter, who's had some fits and starts, ups and downs, 
but is starting to solidify and really show that what he's capable of as well. Maybe when he gets an offensive change, that will help him out. But right now, London is 15 for 21 for 200 yards in the last couple of games, and he draws a nice run here after week seven against the Bucks, who struggled against number one wide receivers. He then has the Titans, Vikings, and Cardinals before a bye week in week 11. You want to check him out, and he is the guy that for you to go target for your guaranteed fit. Vinny's going to give you on the Locked On Fantasy Football Show, and with uh, the fantasy championships that he's helping you get to, along with eBay Motors, news uh, championship team is about creating that perfect fit. They're both providing you the same thing here with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, they can make it ride smoothly and prettily down the road, whether it's headlights, bumpers, roof racks, spark plugs, anything under the hood that you need. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed for you to fit that ride your first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you are not burning rubber. You are not burning cash. You are burning all the things that you want to get into that ride and make it the best ride for you. So keep your ride or die alive over at ebaymotors.com. The guaranteed fit is for only uh, U.S. customers as well as eligible items only, and exclusions do definitely apply. Uh, excluding a couple of things that I don't want to see, like uh, trickeration and wide receivers throwing the football. Let's exclude that right now. I think we can take that out. Uh, I, I think my hope is that by getting balance back into this offense in a couple of specific ways that I want to ask you about, I think that returns to basics, and I think it makes it more readily executable. And I think that's the thing that feels like it's gotten away from the last, maybe since the Bears game, uh, a little lulling to sleep of the game planning, a little bit more fanciful kind of execution. In particular, uh, we can talk uh, run versus pass balance, but it's actually been fairly stable the last three, four weeks at about two-thirds to one-third. And uh, as a guy who wants to see the ball run more, I'm not going to complain about that. I'll just take my 34% and run with it. So that's good. But what I do notice is that targeting down the field is kind of hit or miss. It's been into that eight range. If you look at the heat map for Mahomes' passes, it's either taking deep, deep shots or it's very, very shallow, if not behind the line of scrimmage. And I think the number one thing that we saw Rasheed Rice do last week that they have to double down on is someone else besides Travis Kelsey has to catch the ball between 10 and 20 yards in the middle of the field, especially if you're seeing two high safeties. That's the way that you have to break down zone defenses. Is that something that they finally make the switch on this week? Well, I think that they, they want to, and I think that they need to. It's just a matter of getting the guys to to beat it and to figure it out and, and to get open in those spots because that has been the issue. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, teams are are playing the, the, the zone coverage intended to completely take away the deep end of the field so that Mahomes, one, isn't going to be taking his deep shots that he normally does. But the other part of it, too, is that you see a lot of, you know, you know four, four across zone coverages that's absolutely designed to – to make sure that the, the Chiefs they'll have that 10 to 20 yard area wide open. And how is Travis Kelsey beating that? Well, because Travis Kelsey has seen everything. And so he knows exactly where those soft parts of the zone are. Um, the other guys have are just not doing that as well. I mean, Justin Watson, I think, you know, had, had a little bit of success doing it, but then also some deep passes were part of his success too. Um, but then what's that leave you with? Exactly what you pointed out, which is that, you know, you end up getting a lot of dumps off to the running back, you know, whether it's designed through screens or whether it's, you know, actually just outlet passes, it's, it's checking down to the running back because that's what's open. And Mahomes has done what I would say is a pretty decent, incredible job of kind of taking what he's been given. 
And if they're going to take away everything 10 yards down the field and, and everything else off the table, you're going to have to throw it short and let guys work. And that's where I think that we've just seen the disconnect between maybe the play calling, between the execution, guys making the right reads, you know, and, and figuring out what the thing they need to do. And I know that's something that Mahomes has been working with on his receivers as far as saying, hey, look, you know, it's not just Travis Kelsey that has the opportunity to freelance. And, and some of it, it's not even freelance. It's just reacting to the, what you're seeing the guy across the ball, across the line doing to you. So to me, it's a little bit about these guys like like Sky, like, you know, Rashid, these young receivers saying, OK, hey, wait a minute. If this guy is playing zone, this means there's space for me. There's an area to work. It just means that I need to cut my, my route in the right direction. It's something that I need, you know, he, they need to be working with Mahomes on saying, hey, and, and absolutely. They are talking about this completely to say, and they'll talk about it during the game. They'll talk about it in the, in the meeting rooms afterwards to say, hey, look, you know what? If this guy is showing you this coverage and is at this, you know, this many yards off the ball, this is where you go. This is how you respond to it. I mean, that's not something that you can communicate during the play. It's just something that you have to read. And that's the hardest thing for these guys to pick up. And and I and I say young guys, but I think even, you know, experienced players like Marquez are still dealing with it because he's being asked to do something he wasn't done, didn't do in Green Bay. You know, this is something different for him. So that's the key to me about beating it is that, you know, you are going to have to make teams pay for playing zone. And right now they haven't been doing that yet. I think that makes a lot of sense. And in an effort to do that, to make them pay, I think a balanced attack is is what I keep coming back to in, in, in this aspect as well. There are two keys to beating this defense, in my opinion, because I think you have viable targets. You saw Asante Samuel not play his greatest game last week. I'm sorry, last night. Uh, you saw Mike Davis has been struggling on the outside. And we're talking about our receivers. It comes down to me looking at, what you have to do in attacking and wearing down the defensive front of the Chargers is probably just as key, if not more. And you have to have that balance between trying to pass over the top of them and trying to go at them. I, I think Bosa is a guy that continually comes back, but in against this team has had some struggles. I think you have to pitch on him. I think you have to try to attack him with power pulls and let Joe Tooney come across the formation. We've seen that on the goal line and red zone a couple of times where Travis and Joe are the guys that are pulling. And I think that's a recipe for success against the Chargers, that balance of not just uh, power run, but power exertion, being aggressive physically against the Chargers front is the other thing that I think has to come up to get back into balance for this offense. Yeah, I mean, the, the Chargers defense is, to me, kind of all or nothing. I mean, it's a, it's a home run play defense. They're either trying to get the quarterback down or not. I mean, I can't I, I can't even say necessarily creating turnovers because they're not creating a ton of turnovers either. It's either basically they sacked a quarterback or the quarterback beats them. I mean, they're what dead last in the league as far as you know passing yards allowed. Um, I mean, this is a team that you absolutely can move the football in because they have not been very good in the secondary, they haven't been very good behind the behind that front line. And, and honestly, I mean, I'm not even sure that the front line has been as as much as 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 successful as they need it to be, because if the front line was was getting the job done, they wouldn't be giving up the yards on the back end. So those two, two things do work hand in hand. Um, how do you beat the Chargers? Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, it is and it'll be remained to be seen. You know, how do the Chargers man up defensively against the Chiefs? Do they rely on the same zone coverages that we've been seeing everybody else do? And if that's the case, then there's two things that you got to do. I mean, one is that you got to just get the ball into these guys in open space 
behind beyond the line of scrimmage, you know, throw the ball a little bit further downfield, but work underneath those zones and to run the freaking football effectively. You know, the 34% running the football isn't necessarily a problem to me. It's three and a half yards of carry against the Broncos was mind boggling because, you know, everybody in the league was running on the Broncos. And then, you know, and, and granted, I mean, I think Denver did a, a little bit better job against the Chiefs as trying to, you know, shore things up the middle. But still, once again, if they're on their heels looking, trying to pretend, prevent the pass and they're giving you light boxes, you should be averaging more than three and a half yards of carry. So, that's a little bit on the play calling. It's a little bit on the execution. It's everybody owns a piece of it, you know, somewhat. But I'm I'm with you. I mean, as much as the the Chargers want to play downhill, if you can stretch them out to the sides and take advantage of that speed, and then get the ball beyond them and get the ball outside of them and make them chase, that is that's that's probably the way to beat the Chargers most effectively. And let's hope that it is convincing. You also have to do a couple of things and stop guys on the other side, including Justin Herbert. We're going to talk about how this defense should be arrayed and deployed and just how aggressive it has to be after. We'll give you a little bit of help from our help. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. All the things going on in media and the sports world, sometimes it just feels like your brain's getting away from you. I hope you guys know what I'm talking about because sometimes it's just a never-ending cycle and you need that help to get yourself sorted. There's plenty of things that can do that, and one of them is online therapy through BetterHelp. It's a great resource and helps you out, get yourself sorted. It's very, very simple. It's uh, the thing that you want to do is get connected with someone that can help you out, get your life under control, and kind of help you along with some of the issues that are always an obstacle. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try because that's what it's there for. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and built around your schedule so that you can change that when you need to. You just fill out a brief questionnaire so that you can be matched with a licensed therapist. You get that therapist, you start sessions. If you don't like that particular therapist, you want to switch it up, you can do that at any time, no charge, free and simple, very, very quick. It's over at betterhelp.com slash locked on. Join that today and use our code locked on, and you can get that 10% off your first month. That's better, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on, and the code is locked on. Now, stop me if you've heard this before, Matt. The Chargers offense flows through two guys, the quarterback and Herbert, and one man named Keenan Allen. Allen has more than double the yardage of any other pass catcher on this roster. He's got almost two and a half times the number of first down catches in this offense. Obviously, they miss Mike Williams. Don't blame him at all. Uh, Williams has had a couple of very, very nice plays against the Chiefs and has been quite frustrating. I think it's it's a blessing in disguise not to have him on this roster. But it does come back down to the central figures. Uh, Austin Eckler has, has done some damage as well, but we all know about his injury history. Who knows what's going to happen here? It comes down to two things, guarding Allen an attacking Herbert, and that's where Charles Amenahue comes in. Uh, has been available for a couple of days. We'll be practicing this week. I got to think that it's on a pitch count. In in your opinion, given what you saw in camp, I felt like he was in good shape. If he's been able to maintain that, I think he can jump in. But I think I prefer just to deploy him in pass rush situations. Am, am I underselling his his play against the run? 
Um, no, probably not initially. I mean, that is why the Chiefs brought him in. I mean, it was because of the, you know his pass rushing flexibility, both inside and outside. So if he's on a pitch count, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he's part of uh, the third down package, rotating him in. I mean, even though you know George Karloftis has had a couple of extra days to, to rest that hamstring, so hopefully he's back closer to 100%. If you're able to give Karloftis a few snaps off, give Mike Dana a few snaps, snaps off, that's, I think, his most immediate value that he can give you. Um, but I can tell you, going back to training camp, I mean, he was a key part of what they were planning to do on third downs. I mean, you know, you could see a, a consistent third down front of Chris Jones and George Karloftis on the outside and then Ominahue and Dana kicking in on the inside. That's a pretty looking foursome that you've got out there to go after the quarterback. So if they can get the Chargers into some third and long situations, I mean, that's exactly where they want to be. And I, I think where you'll see Ominahue at first. Um, I would expect that he's probably going to be a little more rusty against the run. That's just, I think, that the tougher thing to come in and do. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of first downs, maybe not as much, but coming in on, on second and long and, and certainly third and long situations, I think that's where you probably see more, Charles. That's where I'm at, too, especially knowing that they can move things around. There are only three players on this defense that have produced more than single-digit pressures, and it is George Karloftis, Chris Jones, and Mike Dana. A fourth, adding a Menahue into the mix. I'm sure he'll catch up rather quickly. I expect Chris Jones to probably pass and take over the lead of, of pressuring uh, on this roster here very quickly. But having a four-man rush of that caliber, I think, sets free what this defense has been building up to, and we all know they've been playing well, but you've had to send linebackers. You've had to send safeties and corner blitzes. I think you can filter that out a little bit more once you get them up to speed, but this week... I think just having a four-man rush, do we, see, do we see Steve Spagnuolo back off the blitz packages a little bit with a many who back out there? It's quite possible, and that it makes even more sense, you know, when you have a back like Eckler, if if, if he's healthy and he, he, he can be a full go for the Chargers, because that's another guy that you got to worry about leaking out of the backfield, and you got to keep an eye on. So, yeah, I mean, you're, I don't think you against the Chargers you can blitz as much as and afford to, because that's going to create some one on one mismatches with some guys. You know, their tight ends can beat you too. I mean, you know, even though it is a you know a Keenan Allen focused game plan, I mean, that's that's the guy you have to worry about the most. And let's face it, I mean, Legereus Sneed and Trent McDuffie are going to be on him all day long. I mean, you know, unless the Chargers can find a way to scheme around that. And those two guys have been shutting people down. So let's see what Sneed and, and Duff, McDuffie do against Allen. Um, but then the other part of it is that, I mean, you do, I think, have to be a little bit more cautious against the Chargers, at least, you know, but it comes back to if you can put them in third and eight and not third and three, that's exactly where the Chiefs need to be. I completely agree. And I'm glad that you you transitioned to exactly where I was going next, and that is how to handle him. If you take a look at Routes' run for Keenan Allen, he's been 65% in the slot this season. And we've seen Legereus knee travel of late, trying to take away the number one for mostly good effect against opponents. I don't think they can do that this week because I know they're going to run Allen into the slot. It may be not as much as usual, but at least a 50-50 split would be my determination. I actually feel that that helps. I think. Keenan and Legereus have gone back and forth a little bit, and I do think Keenan's come out on top more of the times than I would care to admit. I really like the matchup with McDuffie on here, especially because Keenan Allen isn't the ankle-breaking cut type guy. He's older still. He knows how to get loose, but I think the catch-up speed of Trent McDuffie is more than a match for what Keenan Allen brings to the show. Do they have to double him? Is it just let him line up on McDuffie? If he goes outside, we'll let Legereus go get him, or is there something more complex that needs to be done? 
Well, I mean, I, I expect the Chiefs' defense to be pretty, pretty simple. Which is that if I mean, Snead is going to travel with 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 Allen if he's on the outside, and if he lines up in the slot, McDuffie is going to be on him, and it's going to be really the Chargers that decide where they want him to be. I mean, which matchup that they think is the more favorable one. I mean, and now they'll probably try and put him into motion and do some things to maybe get him isolated into a, a different matchup if they can. But most of the time, it's going to be one of those two guys. And and I don't know. I mean, I can I can see I can make a case for why the Chargers might want to test McDuffie because they haven't seen as much of him. He hasn't seen as much Allen. So they know what Legarius's game is. They know that he can be a little bit more physical. Um, McDuffie, I, I, I think, is a little bit of the opposite. I mean, he kind of plays physical after the snap or after the after the break rather than, you know, Legarius kind of plays physical from the snap. So, you know, but the catch-up speed is key. I mean, that's why I don't think that it's it's a huge mismatch either way. I mean, I think it's just a pick-your-poison if you're the Chargers about which matchup you want. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, to see them mix it up a little bit, but you're right. I mean, Allen's going to get a lot of time in the slot, which means a lot of time on McDuffie. And this is going to be the biggest matchup for, for Trent so far this season. I mean, he's had some tough matchups, but this is going to be the first time where he's really got a, a receiver of, of, of Allen's you know, quality that's going to be consistently lining up in the slot for him to handle. Well, I personally like the matchup, and I like the way it's been flowing. From uh, from my friends over at True Media who've been able to enlighten me uh, about the statistics going forward, the Chiefs have a diminishing pattern of zone on downs. So they start the heaviest zone down they have is first. They lighten it up. They go more man on second. They are predominantly man on third. That's been the progression uh, pretty consistently this season, maybe a small departure from last year. But that leads towards longer situations in-man coverage for Trent McDuffie on Keenan Allen, and I think that plays into what you want because you can get Amenahue and the rest of the, the front line after Herbert. If you can get – my goal is third and six is, is the goal. Beyond that, I think that allows you to play into your strengths. How do you see this game going overall, and do you think that that's got to be one of the focuses? Yeah, I mean, I do think that has to be one of the focuses. And I think a big part of this game is going to be decided by the Chiefs' defense. Uh, you know, offensively, you know, we still have some questions about the Chiefs. They need to figure some things out. They need to prove themselves. And until they go out and put 38 points on somebody that's a decent opponent like the Chargers with a, a decent defense, I'm going to have some questions. So, you know, they've still got some things to answer. But, you know, whether or not the Chiefs win this game, I mean, I think it's going to be determined a big time on the defense. And this is the toughest challenge that Steve Spagnuolo's squad's going to have yet. Uh, you know, I think this is a tougher challenge than even the Vikings offense put up. Um, Herbert, I mean, even for the interception on Monday night, I mean, that's only one of two interceptions he's had all season. He has been playing well. Now he's been forced to because the Chargers have had to, you know, have been a lot of close games and they've had to continue to try and score up until the very end. So, but they're putting up some numbers. They've been effective offensively. They're just a little one-dimensional right now, and it's going to be to me to see how much if they can break out of that. So, I'm I'm not expecting a high-scoring game. I think this is going to be close to the vest. Uh, I I do think that the Chiefs' defense can keep their streak going, though. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game. So I'm going with the Chiefs 24-21. Oh, I like that. That is low. Folks, that is Matt's prediction. You can find all the information that backs that up at ChiefsDigest.com. You can follow him at Chiefs Digest here on YouTube because he's got his own channel flowing as well. And then you can hear my prediction as well as Chris Clark's on Friday. We're going to give you our pregame show like we always do. But get over and check out all of Matt's content. Matt, thanks for your time and being with us yet again as always. Always a pleasure, Ryan. Take care, everybody.
Folks, you have a great one. Tomorrow we get behind the inside wall and get that uh, information on the enemy. Look forward to that. And then Friday we get all ready for this ball game. Thanks for being with us today. We appreciate your time and your patience. Get liked and subbed here on YouTube, and we will talk to you tomorrow.